This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Here in Chicago, we take a lot of pride in Lake Michigan. I mean, it's a great lake for a reason. And now this critical body of water, along with all the Great Lakes, are receiving a new honor. An international marine conservation nonprofit recently designated the Great Lakes as the first and only freshwater hope spot. Now, this means that the heart of the North American water system is being recognized across the globe as critical to the health of oceans and for their role in maintaining important habitats. Here to tell us more is Karen Murchie, Director of Freshwater Research at the Shedd Aquarium. Welcome to Reset, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. So help us understand what these hope spots are and how the idea came about. Yeah, so as you mentioned, hope spots are places that give hope. And um, the Great Lakes is excited to be the first of a freshwater hope spot that is um, designated by the organization Mission Blue, which is a nonprofit that has been up to now focused on celebrating spots in the ocean that are critical Mm -hmm. for habitat and deserve protection. So um, I'll I'll give you the backstory of how this came about. Last year, Dr. Sylvia Earle, um, who heads Mission Blue, she was at Shedd Aquarium for an event called Immersion, and she was speaking about the Hope Spots and had suggested that Shedd Aquarium could champion a nomination for the Great Lakes to become the first freshwater Hope Spot. And we loved that idea because we love to celebrate the gift that is right in our own backyard. So we made the nomination and that happened. That's pretty cool. I mean, the the selection process, was it difficult from there? We, We wrote a nomination and had a number of organizations provide letters of support, uh, for, the designation of the first freshwater hope spot. So um, organizations in the region from Friends of the Chicago River, Chicago Park District, Healing Our Waters, Alliance for the Great Lakes, to uh, also having um, Audubon Great Lakes, the Great Lakes Fishery Commission as well. Oh, lots uh, of recommendations. A number of people supporting this nomination. Do you have any idea how many of these so-called hope spots there are? Yes, so there's 151 hope spots. Um, now I guess this must be 152 uh, with the with the great <laughs> and the first being... fresh water. Yeah. Right? So what what's really interesting too, um, and and why we're so excited about having the Great Lakes join this hope spot designation is there's so many people that are really motivated to protect the ocean and all the organisms that call it home. There's tons of people rallying behind um, protecting sea turtles and so on. Yeah. And and we're excited about the expansion of the narrative to say, well, if you care about the ocean, you need to be caring as well about what happens upstream, if you will, in the Great Lakes. Um, all the Great Lakes, eventually the water flows out through the St. Lawrence uh, River yeah. to the Atlantic Ocean. So, um, and, and animals move between and that's a reason why for the Hope Spot um, and the connection to the oceans, the Great Lakes ah. are connected that way. Right. And that's why part of this designation is is that recognition I mentioned uh, that the Great Lakes play a role in maintaining the health of oceans. Absolutely. So um, 
and and water is something that connects all of us right and so water doesn't stay in one place uh, it, it moves through the lakes and eventually out to the ocean of course the water can get picked up and as rain and fall somewhere else and again we have so many different fishes that move between the lakes and some fish can go between the ocean and back into fresh water and vice versa right um so there is a lot of connection of what is happening in the Great Lakes mm-hmm. out to the Atlantic. And, and remind us, Karen, of, of some of the threats that are, are facing uh, freshwater sites like the Great Lakes. Yeah, there's there's a number of threats. Um, everything from pollution, which could be microplastics, to um, agricultural runoff, anything that we flush down the toilets that doesn't belong, um, including pharmaceuticals that can get into the waterway. Mm-hmm. Um and then anything like habitat loss. So if we fill in wetlands for development, that's a, th- a threat as well, um, particularly for the animals that live there. But also there's so many things that those habitats also do for us. So wetlands are great at um, collecting runoff during storms and filtering pollutants and sediment um, that go into the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. And that's the source of drinking water. For so many That's of right. us around the Great Lakes on both sides of the border. Yeah, it's, it, it all connects. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We are talking about a recent honor that's been given to the Great Lakes. They've been recognized as a freshwater hope spot because of their importance in maintaining the health of habitats and oceans. And our guest here explaining all of that is Karen Murchie, who's director of freshwater research over at the Shedd Aquarium. So beyond bringing awareness to uh, the significance of, of the Great Lakes in, in conservation. What else is this designation going to provide? I think, again, it's uh, really a great opportunity to celebrate hope and what we have here in the Great Lakes. And there's, aside from so many incredible organisms that call the lakes home, we benefit as humans in so many ways by Um, the things that the freshwater biodiversity provides for us. Recreation in the Great Lakes is huge. And the good water quality that we have is in part by um, the healthy functioning ecosystem and all the parts that the different organisms play. Mm -hmm. And so recreation, we take pretty seriously, I'd say, in the Great Lakes, um, especially as the weather improves. You can see how many people are out out. on the beach (laughs) and in boats. Some people um, in the water, some fishing, and uh, if we're connected to the Great Lakes and enjoying them as a recreation hotspot, we want to make sure that, you know, the water quality is good for us to enjoy and we can we can be in there. Um, one of the big things is making sure that the, the Great Lakes are swimmable, drinkable, and fishable. And um, again, I think the Hope Spot designation is just a really great way of connecting all of the pieces Mm -hmm. of what does it take to keep these lakes healthy. And it's not um, just for the organisms that call the lakes home, but it all benefits us. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. In our next conversation, Karen, we are actually going to be talking about the ways that Chicagoans can get out more on Lake Michigan and on the the Chicago River. I'm curious if you've got a a favorite water activity or a a spot that you go to on, on Lake Michigan. Yeah, I love being able to get my dog out along the beach. Um, I love to stand up paddleboard. Uh, anything that I can do to be outside and connecting with the water makes me happy. Um, sometimes I 
think I'm just a, a fish out of water and I got to keep getting in there to keep my own gills from drying out. So um, anything that I can do along the lakefront yeah, is, makes me like happy. Fun, for sure. You recently had the chance to attend a conference at the UN to talk about the importance of freshwater ecosystems. Talk to us about that experience. Yeah, at the end of March was the United Nations Water Conference, and it was the first time that global leaders gathered uh, in this case in New York City to talk about water and how important it is in the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which are really just ambitious goals to make the planet a better place for all of us to live. Mm -hmm. And water is integral to all of them. So I had the opportunity to go there and represent SHED because um, I had recently been a co-author on a paper that came out called People Need Freshwater Biodiversity. And a lot of the time when we talk about water, we are really looking at it from a human-centric lens of like, what are all the ways that we rely on water? That's so true. Drinking, bathing for industry, agriculture, but we often aren't thinking about it as a home for the freshwater biodiversity. And again, if we um, want to have good, healthy waterways, we have to think about the animals that call those lakes home. Mm. And, and again, um, unfortunately, actually, the, the loss of life, the different species in freshwater is dramatically declining. So anything that we can do, including the designation of the Hope Spot, to bring attention to the freshwater biodiversity crisis uh, yeah. is really important. Well, I think something related here is uh, we have heard researchers say um, that when we talk about freshwater, there can sometimes be an, an ecological gap when it comes to seeing certain habitats as important, right? What do they mean when they say that? Yeah, I think, again, it's um, we're always going to view things from our own human, human lens centric, yeah. and, and experiences. So I think that's, that's part of it, um, especially, too, if you're walking along Lake Michigan, you might not see fish as you're walking along the lake because they could be a bit further offshore or mm -hmm. sometimes the wind has it stirred up. And so it's like an out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. A situation. lot of it out of sight, out of mind. Um, you know, maybe people are not, uh, again, just thinking of the lakes as, as a home for the animals. It's a place for us to recreate, drink and, and so on. But that, that gap of sort of connecting the dots, mm -hmm. if you will, again, can lead to us sort of glossing over like, oh, yeah, this is we want to make sure the habitats are there so mm -hmm. the fish can breed and do all the things they need to do to keep the lakes healthy. Yeah. I mean, do you think the folks who live along the Great Lakes, do you think they fully appreciate what we're talking about, how critical those bodies of water are to, to the health of the planet? I think sometimes we, it's easy enough to um, not think about it because we also um, most of the time have the luxury of being able to, to turn on the tap and there's drinking water there. We're not necessarily thinking about all the things that it, it takes for, um, for those ecosystems to be healthy, particularly the freshwater biodiversity Absolutely. aspect. I mean, I, I think one of the things that I like to mention too is um, people can think about fish as an important resource um, that's in the lake. Recreational fishing and in the Great Lakes itself is huge. And Absolutely. so um, 
for the economy. Also, a lot of people rely on fish um, for commercial fisheries, for subsistence. And, uh, you know, maybe that doesn't have to be the main protein source for a lot of people that live in the Great Lakes. But in some parts of the world, fish is the main protein source. Mm -hmm. I remember moving here two years ago, Karen, and being just so amazed on my, my journey to work here at Navy Pier every day, just how many <laughs> folks I would see out fishing yeah. bright and early every morning, at, you know, at certain times of the year. And I was like, wow, okay, that's a big thing here. Right. And I, I think something that we're um, trying to capture now in terms of research is how many of the people that are angling are actually keeping fish to use as a food source. Yeah. Um, and so um, if the waterways are healthy and the fish are, are healthy for us to eat, that's yes. really important as well. And uh, something that people might n- not know about is that wild rice grows in some parts of the Great Lakes as well. Really? And um, wild rice is an important food source um, and culturally significant to the Ojibwe people. And rice in general is a freshwater plant, and that feeds like half the planet. Right. So again, that's something that we don't necessarily think. Oh, it's yeah, all connected. Freshwater mm-hmm. feeds us. It's important for recreation. It's important for culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, leave us with this. What are some of the high priority research and conservation efforts that you want to see happen now that this recognition's been given? I think um, there's a lot of really great collaborative efforts on understanding the movement of fish in the Great Lakes. And and I look forward to seeing that continue uh, with collaborators on both sides of the borders. And again, I think it's just everybody continuing to share how awesome of a gift these Great Lakes are and uh, think about all the ways that we can protect them and, and keep them benefiting us yeah. as humans for a long time. For a long time. Karen Murchie is Director of Freshwater Research at the Shedd Aquarium. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. All right, still to come, now that we have heard all the reasons to appreciate our lakes and rivers, we've got some suggestions for ways that you can better enjoy them. We'll hit the water next on Reset. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Lake Michigan and the Chicago River are must-sees for anyone visiting the city. How many times have you taken someone to one of the many lakefront beaches or an architecture boat tour along the river? But even though the water is a staple of the Chicago landscape, it's also easy for residents to take for granted. When you live right next to it, sometimes you can forget to take advantage of these natural wonders. So to help jumpstart your inspiration for getting out on the water, we have assembled a panel of experts who know Chicago's waterways very well. Let them be your gateway to wet, wild fun this summer. So with us is Marlon Harvey. He's a Commodore at the Jackson Park Yacht Club. Welcome to Reset. Good morning. Uh, I'm sorry. Good afternoon. How are you? (laughs) Good to see you, Marlon. Also with us is Alex Sermach, Vice President on the Board of Directors for Learn Scuba Chicago. That's a nonprofit for scuba diving instructions. Great to have you, Alex. Thank you so much for having us. And finally, we are joined by John Quayle, Director of Conservation for the Friends of the Chicago River. Hey, John. Howdy. Thanks for having us. So I'm going to start with you, Marlon. You've been sailing for decades, I hear. Now you're leading the Jackson Park Yacht Club. How'd you get started with that? How do you get into sailing? Um... So, as a child, I grew up in uh, the South Shore area. My mm-hmm. dad had a building there, and I uh, had a 1971 green Schwinn uh, bicycle with the five-speed on the sh- on the stick. <laughs> Love it. And uh, 
back in those days, you know, nine and ten year old, we, we just explored. I would ride my bike all over the neighborhood, and I would ride by the harbor. I'd ride by Jackson Park, and I'd look over and I would think, oh wow, that looks cool. I wish I could do that. Not knowing that it would happen, mm-hmm. I thought it was something that wouldn't happen. Wow. And then later in life, as an adult, even as an adult, I was working in the uh, Mounted Patrol unit for the Chicago Police Department in the barn, which is two blocks from Jackson Park Yacht Club. And again, going downtown every day, I look over at the harbor and I go, ooh, I wish I could do that. Thinking even as an adult that it would happen. And then one day, a friend of mine um, who was going to go to the harbor that day mentioned to me, while we were on our way back to the barn, I said, hey, man, I got to go. Can I go with you? And as soon as I got there, I met people. It's a very welcoming uh, yacht club. Mm, uh, to that. this day, we're very open arm accepting. And I experienced that. And my first experience with sailing was actually racing. Really? I learned how to race before I actually learned how to <laughs> sail, if that makes any sense. That is so cool. You know, yeah. I look, Marlon, I look over at yeah. the boats on Lake Michigan all the time. And I think, wow, that looks like fun. I'm v- very similar to yes, your story. Yes. I think, wow, that looks like fun. But I'm like, that's probably like really expensive. No, no, it's, that's not true. I think a lot of people think that way, though. Are there ways to start sailing that are more affordable? Exactly, yes. And I, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about that. Um, it is in reach. Uh, it's not a yachtsman, you know, kind of expensive kind of thing. Uh, my first boat that I bought was $3,000. It was a used boat, a 1973 Catalina. 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the easiest ways to uh, get integrated into sailing is to race, to learn how to um, uh, work on a boat with a captain and his crew, and you'll get a station. They'll teach you. They'll show you what you have to do, and you learn everything fast. Wow. Um, so as I was racing with Ted Graves, one of the winningest boats in Jackson Park at the time, I might add, mm-hmm. um, I learned a lot from him. When you learn how to race, it's a higher level of sailing because you race in all kind of weather um, and, 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 and conditions. Yeah. Um, so you, 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 get away, you get away from the fear of here comes a storm or it's too wavy See, that's or comforting. dark. Yeah, that's comforting. Yes. I want to bring you in here, Alex. Learn Scuba is a nonprofit. Uh, what makes it different as an instructional organization, would you say? Absolutely. Um, our entire staff is volunteer-based. Okay. Um, and so the organization is run by a volunteer board of directors. Everyone who's on the teaching side is a volunteer. Um, this lets us really have the lowest prices in the city for scuba diving. Mm-hmm. Um, it lets us do community activities as a not-for-profit, um, you know, and also give out scholarships. And that's yeah. really a big thing. We want to make scuba diving as accessible to everybody in Chicago as we can. Um, it's not the cheapest activity to do, and, yeah. and we know it. Um, and I think actually similar to sailing, uh, one of the greatest ways to get into scuba diving is to also volunteer with us. Um, that's part of the reason why I got into it. I wanted to do it more. You started as a volunteer? I started as a volunteer, and I continue to volunteer to this day. And so I'm, I'm going to throw another wrench in here because I think of diving, and I think of going to the Caribbean. I'm also super biased. I was born and raised there. So tell me, what, where can you go scuba diving in the Midwest? Absolutely. Um, and you're not the first person to think that. I mean, <laughs> I think everyone thinks, you know, Coral uh, Reefs, Great Barrier, Chicago? Great Barrier Reef, right? We all think saltwater, fresh, you know, freshwater diving is, is a great, great experience for people to have. Um, it's a bit colder, I'll be honest. Um, but in the Midwest, we have everything from cave diving, 
river diving. Um, we do have a lot of lake diving. Um, a lot of our staff do frequent, um, you know, several uh, spots in the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, they utilize uh, Double Action Dive Charters. They're a charter company out of Hammond, Indiana, that takes you to the shipwrecks in Lake Michigan. Um, you know, since the lakes have been such a commerce hub for several hundred years, there's close to 600 shipwrecks that are anywhere from 10 to 300 feet deep. So there's something for everyone to see while you're down there. And yeah. the fresh water really preserves the wooden ships, unlike, you know, salt water where it really deteriorates. Them. Yeah, well, that's good to know. I want to hear your story, John, about getting into paddling. Have you always loved the water? I have always loved the water. I grew up in Michigan, very close to the water, so I've kind of always had a foot in the water. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize how close I was to the water, so I moved away from it and then okay. needed to come back. So that's always been a part of of my life. Uh, coming to Chicago, uh, I've lived in Chicago for about 25 years. Uh, to double up on the Commodore's point, we have such a great resource here of the lake and the river, of fresh water and being able to ex- finding access and getting through the barrier of entry is really the the hardest part for for a lot of people and it was when I came here too I had a I still have a kayak nice. um, it's hard to find a place to store a kayak when you live <laughs> in the city sometimes I can imagine so that can get tricky so we we find ways you know now there's lots of kayak liveries now since I've moved here uh, there's been some talk occasionally about having a kayak divvy program on okay. the river. That would be really cool to yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, because that is a real big question. Like, where, I mean, I I know I would be wondering, where would I put this thing? Yeah, I live would in you a, rent a garage to put a kayak in? Apartment would, in the city. <laughs> yeah, it becomes hard. And they have inflatable kayaks and foldable kayaks now, so there are some other solutions. But there are ways around it. There's some great um, – I was talking earlier about somebody, a great way to get out and see the river and to see the city is yeah. to take – the water taxi from downtown down to Pinktown Park, which is a great park, can and there's you, kayaks there. Can you recommend can... ways that folks can start canoeing or, or kayaking? Yeah, we have. So we have a, a kayak liveries throughout the city from uh, the north side at Clark Park and at Rockwell on the River, downtown and the, the main stem. There's a kayak livery at Pinktown Park. REI is operating a kayak livery this year. Uh, the, the river's a great place to learn how to paddle. Uh, the lake is a great place to go paddle once you know how to do it. Okay. But the lake's colder, there's bigger waves, there's bigger boats, so it's not necessarily the best spot That's good to, to know. for a beginner. Uh, the Skokie Lagoons are also a great spot if you have a car and you can go up there. There's some good rental spots. Uh, the Damage Rowing Center in Evanston and Skokie on the North Shore Channel is another great spot. Oh, so great. there's more and more spots where people learn how to do that and get out and try out a boat, and if you like it, then... You can start spending your money on boats like the rest of us. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We are talking about all the fun ways that you can get out and enjoy the water, whether it's on Lake Michigan or the Chicago River. Here to give us some aquatic inspiration is John Quayle of Friends of the Chicago River, Alex Surmach from Learn Scuba Chicago, and Marlon Harvey, Commodore at the Jackson Park Yacht Club. So back to you, Marlon, because I hear that the, the Jackson Park Yacht Club's got a pretty sizable youth program we do yeah tell Um, us about that actually uh during the summer we cycle through uh up to 400 or more children uh, between the summer months and and we're talking young kids like what's the age range eight nine years old oh wow 13 that's great yes yes. um they come in not knowing a lot of them not knowing anything about sailing and most of them have never even been in the water uh, because our young inner city kids, you know, they have a phobia with water. You know, mm-hmm. there's no 
swimming instruction or exposure. One of the first things they do on their first day is get in the water with flotation devices. And a lot of them are, are a little concerned, upset. They don't want to do it. Yeah. By the end of the day, they're running and jumping in the water. How do you do that? How do you help kids get curious about this amazing resource that's it's sitting right next to their neighborhood in you'd a be, lot of cases? You'd be surprised. Uh, a lot of children, it's the, I was just asked this a couple minutes ago. The first thing is they have to know it exists. Right. And then once they find out what the opportunities are, there's interest. Because there's a lot of kids who yeah. grow up in Chicago and never go they, to the lake. They just don't know it exists. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And then the opportunity has to be there. And so we're presenting those opportunities for our inner city kids. And the, the, uh, the Youth Foundation class is about two weeks long. And in two weeks, they're sailing uh, uh, youth dinghies in our harbor. And some of them go on and race on race teams. That is so cool. Yes. Um, it's a great program. And it, like I said, it runs through June all the way through our summer, summer season. Um, we also have um, adult sailing available. Really? For, yes, adult sailing. Um, we is that just in the summers? It's in the summer. It's a three-day program. Uh, there's in-classroom on Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday is on-the-water training on the boat. And that is whether you're a member or not, it's accessible to you. Oh, that's we, lovely. We encourage membership because once you become a member, so much more opens up to you opportunities, um, especially if you're there and you get to learn and know, become acquainted with our other members mm-hmm. like I did, and you end up on boats all the time. You, I didn't own a boat for years before I bought my first boat. But you were on them all the time just yes. because of the folks you were connected yes. with. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's a great, it's a great uh, environment to be in. Um, we also have a women on the water program. It's called WOW. Um, it's primarily for women. I mean, actually, it's for women. I was, was made sure that I knew that, that it supports women in sailing, and it's, it's growing large. And they also do sailing classes for women, mm. um, and they meet every Thursday evening, uh, third Thursday of the month every evening at Jackson Park Yacht Club. Oh, that's cool. Even just for a social. You don't have to be a member as well. I love that. Yes. So, Alex, if I'm interested in learning how to scuba, give me the first steps. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think everybody's journey in scuba diving is quite a bit different, yeah. I, whether it's vacation or something else. That Can I tell you, I, I chickened out on vacation last summer. Yeah. Yeah, we were on a boat. Everybody went, we took, you know, we took the boat out. This was in St. Thomas and, you know, everybody got the gear on and <laughs> it was just me and, and one uh, older gentleman who, I mean, for obvious reasons, couldn't scuba. It was just the two of us who sat behind. Yeah. I, and I felt so terrible, but I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> very, very common and very much okay. Yeah. And we are very, uh, we're very good at working with people who have anxiety uh, about getting in the water. Um, you know, I personally, the first time I had the opportunity to learn, I I'd also chickened out. I yeah. decided I wasn't going to do it on vacation. I was just going to go I was home. I was pumped when we got on the boat. I was yeah. like, okay, this is fun. I was, you know, having a great time. And then we got out there, they stopped it and, <laughs> you know, started you putting everybody, <laughs> started putting the gear on. And I was like, okay, my life started flashing before my eyes. And everybody was fine, obviously. Yeah. But I was, just, you know, a big chicken. So we have something great, uh, what we call Discover Dives. And so um, our scuba shop, we're in Bucktown. Um, and if, you know, you come in, you get a Discover Dive with us. And essentially what that entails is going to a pool. You're in a safe, confined environment. Mm-hmm. We get you set up with all of the gear. All you need is a swimsuit and a towel. We bring everything else. 
and we just get people underwater. We want to make sure that you're comfortable. Nice. And you're down there, uh, you know, you're really getting a lot of the basic skills down mm-hmm. during these discover dives to make sure that if you are interested and, you know, that's something that you want to do, you're able to sign up with us and continue on to become certified through our programs. I love that. Um, John, I, I think some folks have the perception that the Chicago River isn't clean enough to, to kayak or to fish in. Is that true? That is not true. So I, I can hopefully disabuse you of that notion. So okay. that is, uh, as we've, uh, it's sort of, I think the longer you've lived in Chicago, you might think that's the case. Uh, people that have moved here recently kind of see the river as more of a resource. Most of the time, the river, like the lake, is clean enough for you to be swimming in. So you say the people who've lived here the longest, they're the ones that think that it's they're dirty the ones and that they are stay a little away? bit more concerned hmm. and they stay away. And so, like, you've seen a lot of condos now that get built along the river have docks and things. They have access to the river. Lincoln Yards has access. Yeah. The 78 has access. So people, developers and people that are moving here really see the river as, as a resource. And, for, and most of the time, the river is clean enough to get in and not worry about anything. There are, after it rains, certain times, like with the lake, mm-hmm. there are times you don't want to be in the water from a safety perspective. But so to sort of tag on to getting people out and getting them to experience this, a few years ago we started a project uh, where we just had people go down to Ping Tom Park again and jump in the river, uh, elected officials, to show these are the people that are responsible for our water quality, so if they're willing to jump in. Nice. So, and then last year we converted that to an event called the Summer Float Party, where anybody with a floaty and then a life jacket, or if you're a gearhead, a PFD, you call it, um, can get in the river at, uh, at River Park and then float down with the current down to Horner Park and then get out, and there's a party there. Um, we've got Coast Guard boats on scene. The police are there just in case to make mm-hmm. everybody feel safe. The okay. river is shallow there, it doesn't flow very fast. It's warm. If you don't have access to a floaty or a life jacket, we can do that for you. Yeah. Uh, if you go to our website, chicagoriver.org, you can see that uh, information for that. This year, it's July 23rd. So that's just a way to show people uh, that you can get in the river and, and float around and have fun. And last year was the, the first year we did it, and I think we had a really great event with nice. uh, people that had a, a great experience. So before I let you all go, I want you to give us one last pitch. <laughs> so I want to hear from each of you real quick on why folks should try out your particular water activity. So you first, Marlon, on uh, sailing. Well, uh, Chicago, our, our lakefront is, uh, is underappreciated. It, it's really not utilized to, to, the, to its best ability. There's so much to explore. And when you're on a sailboat or, or any watercraft, I mean, you, you can't get any closer than that. You yeah. can spend a lot of time out there. And, and, and we give so much to the community from our club. Um, our, our organizations and, and that we collaborate with, um, the Chicago Maritime Arts Center, where we support them doing Mariners in Training mm-hmm. a program, and young kids get jobs that are working in the, in the uh, marine industry. Which is great. Right here on the Chicago River, as a matter of fact, with Shipmasters. They're working with us out of our uh, yacht club. Um, we have a Chicago Archery um, Club that we collaborate with. We do a partnership with them every summer. The archery kids come over, and we teach our sailors, the young sailors, we give them archery lessons, and then in turn our archery so kids get on the sailboats. it's more than just sailing. It's, I mean, there, you sold me already. It's, it's all non-traditional <laughs> it's that we're sailing. doing. Um, 
And our registration for our adult sailing classes begins on 24th of May, which is in a couple of days, to register for the classes that we have. But just being on the water is just, it's my religion. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's it's cool. Alex, what do you say to folks who want to try scuba? I think three big reasons. Yeah. The first one, it's hard to really, uh, you know, protect something, uh, be a champion of something when you can't see it. Yeah. When you're underwater and you're a scuba diver and you see the impact that people have on the environment and you see the impact on the clean water that we so rely on, you are much more of a champion for that. Yeah. By supporting Learn Scuba Chicago, you're also supporting our veterans programs, mm-hmm. our youth programs, our scholarships, um, and you're really helping us yeah. drive the accessibility of scuba diving to the Chicagoland area and the people that wouldn't be able to have it. And the third one is just yourself. Scuba diving is extremely therapeutic. Just do it. It's calming. <laughs> Don't listen to me. Just <laughs> It's very calming, and it's a beautiful thing to do. And yeah. it, I, just, I love being down there, and it's a beautiful environment to observe. Just a couple seconds here. Why, why should we be paddling, John? You should be paddling because we have so many great places that you can get out and discover, whether it's the Little Calumet River and Kickapoo Woods or the East Channel of Goose Island where they found Chonkasaurus recently, and I guarantee you there's more than one Chonkasaurus in there. Um, and it's just a great way to get out. If you live in Denver, you go out to the mountains. When you live in Chicago, get out on the water. Yeah. That's why. That's what we have here. Yeah, and, and Lisa Lobb is uh, from WBEZ seconds your, your pitch there, Alex. She says, scuba is totally calming. Everything's quiet underwater. We'll leave it there. Alex Sermach is vice president on the board of directors for Learn Scuba Chicago. Marlon Harvey is a commodore at the Jackson Park Yacht Club. And John Quayle is with Friends of the Chicago River. Thank you all. Thanks. Thank you so much.